You are listening to a Stat Media Group production. This is Cargo Masterminds presented by Cargo One. This is an exclusive one-to-one weekly interview series with leaders from the world's leading air cargo and logistics companies. It is Monday and it is time to catch up with the new Cargo Mastermind with your host, Reggie John. Air cargo operators exist to connect global trade and fuel economic growth and social well-being. Dual hub air cargo operator Air France Kerlam Martin Air Cargo carried 1 million tons of cargo in 2022 to 223 worldwide destinations using six freighters and the bellies of the three airline groups fleet of 417 passenger aircraft a member of the SkyTeam Cargo Alliance Air France Kerala Martne Cargo starting this year has a new partnership with CMA CGM Air Cargo the new cargo airline launched in 2021 by the French shipping giant CMA CGM Group the long term partnership allows Air France Kerala Martne Cargo to offer a much more adaptable comprehensive array of services and solutions to meet market needs and customer expectations creating smooth connections across the world My guest today is the leader with significant international commercial and operational experience leading large teams in diverse business environment. He is now responsible for all commercial operations globally at Air France Kerlam Martinair Cargo. I am thrilled to introduce Gert Jan Rolands, Senior Vice President Commercial at Air France Kerlam Martinair Cargo, the cargo mastermind of today's episode. Gert Jan Welcome to Cargo Masterminds. Great to have you with us today. Thank you very much. Yeah, very good to uh, good to be here. Let's uh, jump straight into the questions, and uh, I would like to start with the the current uh, air freight market conditions across the globe. Uh, it's been uh, uh, quite challenging time since quite a few months. Uh, demand has been on the decline, and the financial numbers for the first quarter of 2023 reflected the same. Uh, revenue down by 26. Point one percent year on year to six hundred and seventy two million euros. Uh, cargo traffic declined by eleven point eight percent to one point six million RTKs. What do you think will be the performance in the Q two, which ended on thirtieth uh, June? Indeed, uh, challenging period. If if you think if you, if you look back in time, twenty twenty two, we enjoyed actually a very favorable air freight market uh, because of all supply chain uh, dynamics. Uh, We already saw a change um, uh, since since November last year, actually, where where we saw that companies uh, were moving to a different kind of uh, supply chain uh, uh, strategy, already building inventories way earlier and more. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, we've also seen that uh, yeah, inflation uh, had uh, had quite a big impact also on consumer demand, uh, and that basically has led um, already as from November towards now that uh, that there is uh, less demand, less trade, so also more pressure on uh, on air freight. So that favorable supply demand uh, dynamic, which we have seen in twenty twenty two, that is uh, that's actually the opposite right now. Uh, in the meantime, we also see that uh, the capacity uh, on the passenger side is growing. Passenger side is 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 very strong, and that basically uh, yeah also means uh, that uh, the 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 yield that uh, there's overcapacity yield uh, yield is uh, 
is under pressure. Yeah, if you if you look to the results, indeed, you mentioned our Q1 results. Q, our Q2 results are not yet published, so I cannot mention them yet. However, if you look to indicators in the market, uh, then you see that uh, on the average, the market is uh, is down about 40% in terms of revenues year over year. So yeah, that that, that is very significant, uh, obviously. You didn't make a mention about uh, the impact on the yield because of the the, the strong passenger uh, belly capacity available on passenger aircraft. Uh, and there's going to be a huge belly capacity available. And uh, this is going to have a severe impact on the yield, uh, which is, which is uh, reality. How serious is the excess capacity in the market and uh, falling yields in the in the months ahead? Good question. I think well, I think it's quite regional driven to be honest. I think especially looking to the transatlantic, we see that steel capacity is being added eh, as a your capacity. So uh, we do expect there that the yield will be further under pressure at least for the coming uh, four to six uh, weeks. However, we also see uh, we see uh, regions where where we actually have uh, quite a stable situation, like in Africa. And which is quite uh, quite important uh, to, to us, uh, and where demand is still relatively uh, strong um, uh, and and yields quite stable, also versus last year. So, but obviously also Asia is is heavily uh, heavily under pressure already for a longer uh, longer period. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a mixture of uh, of dynamics. Um, but for sure, the period the coming period we will still see a a slight decrease. Uh, I uh, I expect. But. Uh... When you look at the yields and specifically or certain regions, uh, do you get any sense that there could be some change in the months ahead, uh, close to the last quarter of the year, which is normally the peak season? Uh, I'm sure that transatlantic is there is a, so much of uh, capacity available, but do you s- sense that there could be a change, uh, some uptick in the in demand and uh, a better yields? Yeah, okay. There's always a seasonal change in dynamic. There, there, there's always less capacity to certain trade lines, especially on the transatlantic. There will be quite a decrease on capacity, and and that normally also uh, leads uh, to to uh, a a uptick uh, at least uh, on the yield side. Often combined also with some uptick on the on the demand side, uh, since uh, since uh, especially November December uh, are are quite strong. Uh, Strong months, so we do believe that there will be some uh, dynamics, uh, uh, some sort of uh, uptick uh, towards the last quarter of uh, of the year. But uh, if you ask me, will there be a significant uh, change in in terms of dynamics at this moment? Uh, looking to all the indicators, there is no reason to uh, to believe that that will happen. Before I move into the next question on the main deck capacity, freighter capacity, uh, just a follow up question. I don't know whether if you had a chance to see what. Uh, Zenita Clive data that put out quite recently in terms of the fear of missing out uh, on the belly capacity and the rates are actually going down and down and um, there's so much of capacity available uh, instead of uh, letting that capacity go without having any cargo to be carried probably you probably you bring down the, the rates and get the plane um, filled up. Is that something that you see a growing trend or a popular trend uh, among your customers and uh, in the regions that you operate? Yeah, what you obviously see is that now shippers, also because of inflation and because also cost levels on, on the shipper side uh, are, are way higher than uh, than last year. So also they need to reduce cost and, and yeah, logistical uh, cost, transport cost uh, is, is, is also something they all look at and, and also for sure take the opportunity of... Uh, 
a market where there is more overcapacity and they all try to negotiate the lower rates. So that also basically means that the spot market at this moment is, uh, is, is very strong, quite an opportunistic market. However, we do see that uh, where customers really didn't want to commit uh, long term to, to contracts, slowly in some regions you do see that shippers would like to move again back to, to longer term contracts. Now, that, that is only in a few cases now, but that could mean that slowly we, we start to see uh, that the market is... Uh, leveling and bottoming out and 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 that we we hope to see a bit of uh, more more stability but for sure uh, this spot spot market is very important at this moment on to the main deck capacity do you continue to see demand contractions for uh, freighter capacity and as the demand continues to shrink are shippers and freight forwarders uh, reworking their contracts from long term to short term or short term to long term what is the sense that you get i think anyway we always work based on seasonal contracts uh, because and, and especially with the current dynamics it's it's very very difficult to predict how a season will look like how the supply and dyna- uh, demand dynamics will look like so committing for a longer period i think is is in no one's favor at this uh, moment so uh, we really try to, 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 to be very close to our customers and try to find uh, the best possible tailored uh, solutions. And, and yeah, you know, the, I think that is also a bit uh, what, uh, what, uh, what the freight forwards are expecting from us at this, uh, at this stage. Give us an update on uh, some of the recent developments like the relocation of your freighter operations in Mexico from the city airport to the new airport and the opening of the new warehouse in uh, Chicago. How these uh, these new developments are actually increasing Air France scale and Martinet Cargo's value proposition. So, so also we uh, had to uh, obviously move our operations in Mexico to the new airport, to uh, the Philippe Angels Airport, IFA, and uh, yeah, actually uh, starting operations uh, as 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 from uh, today. I think the g- g- good thing about that is that that we are benefiting, you know, I think new facilities that helps. I think if it comes to Chicago, yeah, very exciting news actually because we we really made a five million plus investment completely renovated our own warehouse. We have our own warehouse there. And by doing that, also created their increased capacity significantly. So we, we were able to increase our capacity by 40%, partly by extension, but also, especially also by optimizing processes, systems, etc. So we're able to, to handle much more than, uh, than before. Yeah, and I think also very important is we took the opportunity to fully reduce uh, our carbon footprint uh, uh, as well. So we, we moved to all kind of electrical vehicles um, and, and equipment. And uh, I think also very, uh, very important uh, and, and a good opportunity to do that all at the same time. So I think uh, quite exciting news and that brings us in, uh, in a good position in Chicago. Going forward, uh, what kind of investment uh, will go into building new infrastructure to support some of your key product verticals like perishables, pharma and express? So, so as I mentioned, there, so specialized products are very important to us. It's very important to uh, to optimize our mix uh, on board, and uh, and also important driver in our overall results. So that also means that if it comes to investments, it is uh, to a large extent also focused on those specialized products. For example, perishables. Uh, perishables are thirty percent uh, in terms of tonnage of our business, uh, and that also means that uh, yeah, a a extremely strong cold chain global cool chain is 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 very relevant so yeah we have been investing a lot in cool rooms 
in, in uh, but also on the technology side to make sure that we, we have full control in terms of monitoring and training all our staff, uh, not only in our hubs in Amsterdam and Paris, but also in uh, all the relevant uh, stations uh, yeah, where, where, where it's necessary yes, to make sure that you have this fully integrated cold chain uh, network. So the perishable is very important. I think if you look uh, so he- heavily investing there, but also on the pharma side, pharma, we have been there already from the start. That means that we have uh, a lot of people with a lot of experience uh, and, and, and knowledge. Uh, we were the first actually airline group to become uh, to, to, to get the CIV certification. Uh, but in the meantime, we do see that, you know, the market is changing. Customers are getting uh, more demanding, expect more. Uh, to have continuous control, uh, interventions when necessary, etc. Yeah, and that also means that uh, the, yeah, that we need to adapt. Also, we see that uh, that that competition is increasing rapidly. So we, we have a very clear strategy for pharma with um, for for the for the coming five years with an uh, investment plan uh, plan plan behind that, uh, and that is about infrastructure. That is about optimizing digital services. That is about further investment and, and, and training our people. And uh, yeah, altogether, we believe that 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 we by doing that we will keep our competitive edges as we have it today. Uh, but also another very important product is Express. We already invested there in two brand new sorters uh, six years ago in both uh, Amsterdam and in, in, in Paris. We are now uh, sharpening our Express uh, product and, and and we're also now building towards a high-end Express product because we believe there's a lot of potential there as well. So, yeah, a lot of stuff going on in terms of uh, investments and, uh, and especially specialized uh, specialized products. In April uh, this year, um, the official partnership between Air France KLM Group and CMA CGM Group uh, on air cargo partnership, uh, a 10-year-long partnership was ratified, uh, all the required permissions. Uh, how do you expect the partnership to work in a market uh, that has a declining demand uh, and falling freight rates? April is is not a perfect moment to, to start a partnership uh, like uh, this, uh, where the market goes down. On the other hand, you know, the partnership also brings a lot of value. We, we, we are very excited uh, and, and, and pleased with it. We really see it as a win-win for, for, for Air France, KLM, CMA, uh, but also a big win for our customers. And in a declining market, yeah, uh, we will have or having at this moment the opportunity to really leverage the partnership. And we leverage that based on a few drivers, you know. It's like the network. Network will uh, where, where we didn't have uh, or hardly had any presence of Air France KLM in Asia in terms of full freighter capacity. Now, uh, because of CMA, we're able to operate uh, fully into China, uh, PVG, Hong Kong, Guangzhou, and and also Abu Dhabi in in the Middle East, um, and and most recently uh, Mumbai. So that that gives a lot of opportunity and and more choice for our customers. Uh, but a part of that, uh, we are completely back in the charter market. As Air France KLM, we only had five full freighters that uh, were, which were fully utilized. Now, by, by having the cooperation with CMA, we have the opportunity to, to, to really be back in the, in the charter market and, uh, and benefiting from that. And also, we are able to uh, fully focus on specific full freighter products which we could not uh, accommodate because of, uh, of, of, of our limited full freighter print, footprint so far 
for example, oil and gas, for example, moving uh, uh, cars, uh, etc. So also there, we will put much more emphasis on this. So yes, it is uh, maybe not the ideal momentum uh, to start a partnership uh, like this. Uh, uh, but on the other hand, we do have a lot of leverage and opportunities, uh, which, uh, which uh, we can for sure use very well at this moment. I'd like to clarify on the on the current fleet that or the capacity that you have available as far as the freighters are concerned between Air France KLM as well as CMA CGM Air Cargo. Are there 12 freighters or 10? At this moment, uh, CMA is operating uh, four A330s, uh, two uh, triples. KLM is uh, operating, uh, Martinair operating four seven four sevens. And uh, Air France is operating two triples. So that makes it together at this uh, moment uh, 12. Uh, two A330s of uh, CMA uh, are at the moment uh, out of the JV uh, scope. If you look forward, then then uh, CMA expects to receive uh, two uh, triples uh, next year in in in, in 24, and uh, then uh, the, the two years uh, after uh, for uh, additional A350s. Uh, on the Air France and KL side, we will repli- replace our current fleet with two times four A350s. So together we expect in the coming four to five years to grow to about 20 full freighters in uh, in, in the full joint venture. Good, yeah, and uh, you operate out of two hubs and uh, that's because you are a combination of two carriers uh, with CMS, CGM, Air Cargo. You are going to have uh, three, of course, but then uh, it's still Paris is the is the common hub for both CMS, CGM, Air Cargo as well as uh, Air France Scalum. What are the pros and cons, uh, and when I say cons, from the perspective of uh, challenge and complexity of operating out of two cargo hubs? That's a good question. Actually, we don't see it uh, as, as, uh, as, as a con. Actually, we see it as uh, not quite, quite a strong positioning. Why? Uh, both the Air France and KLM network are very complementary to each other. We now also have CMA operating from uh, from Paris, and and by combining that with a very strong, very frequent trucking network between the two hubs, we are basically able to offer our customers a full choice of destinations. So, um, and I think that's a well-oiled machine, and uh, yeah, that that works actually quite uh, quite favorable uh, from that perspective. Okay, let's now. Uh... Turn to our uh, attention to digital transformation and uh, use of technology in uh, in in your operations. Uh, and let's talk about uh, My Cargo, the digital tool that allows uh, your customers to check, book, and track shipment. Uh, uh, when it was launched just over six years ago, it was started with a quote and book functionality, allowing customers to request quotes and based on rates distributed online. Uh, its functionalities have changed uh, since then. More robust tech innovations are available, including AI. What are the new functionalities and uh, capabilities that you intend to offer to your customers uh, as real-time and dynamic? Thanks uh, for, for that question. Actually, we, we are extremely proud uh, on, uh, on my cargo. That, that it has been in a super agile way developed uh, in-house uh, by, by our own Deep team, our own people, um, and I think that also makes uh, makes a difference. At this moment, we already at seventy five percent of of our bookings uh, on online. Now that that is that is quite significant for a B two B environment. Uh, and if you then look to the new services uh, which we will be adding, 
That is, uh, that is uh, the allocation option. Eh? So that gives customers the possibility to book allocations, but especially also to manage them. Uh, if, you, if you see now to customers who have a lot of allocations, it is sometimes quite difficult to go keep track on them. Uh, if you go to My Cargo, you will see the full list of all allocations you have with us. You see the status to what extent they have been booked. Uh, and uh, and uh, it uh, yeah, will help uh, a lot of customers uh, to get much more control. Uh, and that will save time and a lot of efficiencies. Uh, I think quite quite unique. And especially for, for, I think, customers like we have in the perishable segment, very, very important and will, uh, will be quite a, a game changer. And I think another thing that will come out uh, in, in, in three weeks' time is uh, the possibility to also make DGR bookings. I think also something which is uh, rather unique uh, in, in the industry. Um, and, and also that, yeah, we, we, we expect a lot from that. It was really on a strong demand from our customers to develop that service. Uh, so uh, happy, happy, very pleased that, uh, that it will be available. I think overall, we will probably grow to, towards um, 80% bookings online with this new web service. So that uh, these are quite uh, significant steps moving forward. And how does uh, MyCargo integrate with other digital booking platforms and offer a seamless customer experience? We know that there are multiple digital booking marketplaces and uh, airlines like you work with all of them uh, or most of them. So how do, how do you make that integration possible for your customers? Uh, first, first of all, we have a, a multi-channel strategy. That means that uh, that we uh, that we connect uh, to uh, to uh, other channels as well. Uh, we uh, we do that we do that based on API technology, uh, and that also basically makes it possible to have a seamless uh, uh, journey for for our customers. It, uh, especially in my cargo, we offer all services. Uh, we uh, we uh, do the same for direct connections with uh, with our customers. But we're also present on third-party portals uh, uh, and uh, also certain software providers. So that, that has a slightly differentiate, uh, differentiated scope in terms of services, but it's all seamless. So what you see in MyCargo, that's also what you see real-time also in all the other channels. You said uh, you have I think seven... Maybe, maybe one thing maybe good to add is that API technology is really key. I think that is... That also deserves more focus. Um, I think if you really, as an industry, want to uh, to 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 move forward and further digitalize, that standardization is necessary. So, yeah, therefore, we also fully support the MCD standard, uh, which is uh, which is initiated by uh, by IATA. And I think that uh, that's it's 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 really key that uh, that that is being embraced uh, even uh, even more. You said you have about 75% of your booking is digital. Uh, when do you expect to uh, have that booking 100% digital? <laughs> Good question. To be honest, I don't believe you will ever reach 100% digital. I think uh, in the end, um, there there's always a number of bookings uh, which are very specialized uh, and which will always uh, require, uh, require human uh, intervention, uh, uh, tailored solutions. Um, so... In the end, I think uh, probably we'll go max to, 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 to towards 90% of the bookings online, which is already extremely high, again, for a B2B uh, environment. Okay, and that is making the booking and obviously the whole servicing part. We, we know that logistics is not always perfect. Uh, it's complex uh, and that human intervention is, uh, is necessary. And we really believe that our people make a difference there.
Yeah, that's why you call it uh, bionic servicing or, uh, or what we can call is a digital. Tell us about your uh, bionic servicing strategy, combining the best of your customer service staff around the world with the most efficient digital tools to offer a compelling experience from freight booking to delivery. Uh, actually, we always, uh, so, so we have about 60 plus uh, local uh, service uh, sales uh, organizations. We, we always found very important to be close to our customers and we still find that. However, obviously the world has changed a little bit and, and uh, digital and technology play quite a big role. I think by introducing uh, and, and, and a new CRM platform, we're able to fully connect all those stations which we have globally. Uh, and that makes it basically possible to much better serve our customers. So that basically practically means that, for example, if if in Belgium it's very busy and, and it will take 10 minutes to, to answer a phone or to, to, to react on an email or that we're able uh, and well in the Amsterdam office, uh, we do have time um, that we're automatically able to reconnect um, and, and, and uh, serve our customer in the quickest way. That in itself is, is maybe not, uh, not so rational as you read. But if you look, uh, for example, uh, the way that we are able to serve our customers, that will be quite uh, different. So we will use their customer 360 and, and that basically will generate a lot of data of, of customers and even predictive uh, based on AI uh, and models, but that will come in a later stage. Uh, and that will give any customer service employee anywhere in the world possibility to give the best possible service. So we will always recognize a customer from Amsterdam, for example, in the US, uh, in our US customer service organization, we will know exactly uh, what the state uh, of, of their business is and how we can uh, serve them in the best possible way. Before I move into the last question, I just want to get a comment uh, from you on your recent partnership with uh, with Salesforce. Uh, data is uh, is important uh, that everyone, every business knows about it. But the problem is that uh, how good is the data? How you are able to make uh, or find the data which is uh, with actionable insights? Uh, tell us the reason as to why the partnership with Salesforce and uh, what do you intend to achieve from the midterm to long term? A good question. So. If you look to our MyCargo platform, we were only able to build that because we implemented AFLS. And AFLS is our basically our core system if it comes to pricing, revenue management, sales. Now, we, we also had to change our backbone system basically on the, on the CRM side. Uh, so, so where we had very old systems. And we will do that together with Salesforce. So with Salesforce, we'll build basically a new backbone system. And that new backbone system will allow us uh, to, to really um, yeah, make big step forward and, and to really build the very sophisticated tooling to better serve, uh, serve our customers. Uh, and, and obviously uh, using data because uh, in the end combining data, so to know exactly what's, what are, for example, what are the key destinations for certain customers? What, uh, uh, what do they have at this moment uh, in, in the pipe? Uh, what kind of failures did we have uh, in the past? What kind of outstanding claims do we have? And so on, but also at some point automatically go go for solutions and, and to be able to offer that to customers all based on uh, on data and AI is, is, is the way forward. So, but we need first need to make a step to build this platform and we'll do that together with, uh, with, uh, with Salesforce. 
Okay, on to the topic of sustainability and the proactive steps taken by airlines uh, like Air France, KLM Group uh, to partner with SAF, uh, Sustainable Aviation Fuel um, uh, Manufacturers and Make Shippers Integral to Achieve s Sustainability and Carbon Neutral Goals. How excited are you about such small steps? I think it is just very, very important, uh, uh, especially for, for Air France KLM. This is really part of our purpose. Uh, we really have the aim to, to see how we can uh, can reduce the carbon footprint of, of, uh, of, uh, of the airline industry, and in our case, specifically for the air freight industry. Yeah, and we were also, as an airline group, uh, the, the, the first to, uh, to offer a soft program for, for the air freight market in uh, December 2020. Um, and, and and we have seen uh, actually quite uh, a, a, a uptick. Uh, there's quite a, quite some traction. You you see that uh, that uh, customers are more and more willing to to step in. Obviously driven also by uh, by ship uh, demand from shippers. And and we see for example quite a strong demand in the perishable segment. Uh, we see a strong demand for for stuff in uh, for example the high end uh, fashion segment. Uh, but we do believe also because of uh, yeah, stricter regulation uh, that uh, that uh, this uh, demand for for uh, soft will only increase uh, in uh, in uh, in the years uh, in the years to come. Yeah, very important because in the end, if you look to key drivers how to reduce uh, carbon uh, your carbon footprint as an air freight uh, industry, I think as an airline fleet renewal is very important. Uh, so the fact that we now replaced our 747s by uh, will replace them by A350s that is a significant step it's already in terms of CO2 reduction it's a 40% reduction if it comes to noise it's 50% reduction uh, yeah and then on top of uh, if you then also uh, increase your levels of sustainable aviation fuel uh, that is uh, that is for the time being really the way forward that is really how we believe that, uh, that we can reduce our uh, uh, footprint. A part of that, obviously, we will also on the ground, we have a lot of focus to see how we can uh, go to an, a carbon neutral uh, situation and their electrification, for example, or using solar, those kind of solutions is, uh, is, is very important. But SOF is, uh, is, is extremely dry, important driver moving forward. Good, Jan. Thank you so much uh, for your time. Uh, I appreciate joining us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Great to, uh, great to speak to you. That was Gert Jan Rolands, Senior Vice President Commercial at Air France KLM Martinair Kaku. That's it from us at Staff Media Group. We bring cargo masterminds every Monday. Thanks for tuning in and come back next Monday for a fresh episode.